Hiya, welcome along to another episode of Hosting, a podcast all about hosting and guesting uh, friends, family. And doing it right. That's right, I'm Guy Montgomery. And I'm Carlo Ritchie. And we're broadcasting to you uh, from New York, where I'm currently hosting Carlo in my humble home. Uh, and we have had quite a fun day. We have just got back from a brisk yet sun-kissed trip to uh, to visit, well, the Lady Liberty herself, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty exhausted. It's it's a lot longer trip than I imagined, you know. It's no Sydney Harbour, but they've done they've done well trying to replicate it, you know. I don't really see the ways in which they've tried to replicate that. The well, this big body of water, and you know, it's at this yeah, at look, the sort of edge of the city. You know, I understand. I suppose, in some respects, uh, the confusion you've carried with you, mm. uh, in terms of city planning, or even you know, uh, parts, uh, cultural parts of the city, like uh, you know, Broadway, for instance. Mm. But surely you can't believe in all of your intelligence that uh, Australia has a license to describing ports or bodies of water as you know their own or their no, own idea. No, guy, I never want you to assume that that's what I'm trying to suggest here. What I say is this particular port and this particular body of water seems to me to be conveniently designed to be an approximation of Sydney Harbour. And what were the sort of uh, what part stuck out to you as being an approximation of Sydney Harbour? That we took a ferry to the island and that in the middle of the harbour is an island which in Sydney Harbour is a tiny island called Garden Island that has no statue at all. And they've done that same thing here, but they've put a massive statue on it. So, need I say more? And do you think the statue is uh, an attempt to refresh or you know reinvigorate the the idea of the island in Sydney, or do do you think perhaps that it's an effort to distract from the fact that they uh, have been influenced in some way? I think it's a distraction. Yeah, I think it's meant to throw us off the scent that this is clearly just Sydney Mark Two 2.0. Okay, well, because um, it's certainly not York guy. It's certainly not York. You know, York, a famously landlocked city. You know, I don't see. You know, you can't come into a ship into York. Tell you where you can come into a ship into a place called Sydney, guy. So, well, in all of your infinite uh, intelligence, what what do you think would be a more uh, apropos name for New York, and that it has not, you know, it, it does not represent a New York, but something else entirely? I would say Harbour Town. Okay. Or New Harbour Town. Hmm. <laughs> Is there already a Harbour Town? Well. Who who am I to say, guy? I don't, I don't have an atlas, but I would say New Harbour Town has a nice ring to it, and they won't have to change as much when it comes into effect. In this hypothetical, in this hypothetical, I also imagine that a lot of the government institutions and businesses would be under a lot of stress to change the name after something's been established for several hundred years. And I think if we can keep the new in. It'll make everybody's day that much brighter when they're scrubbing York out of documents and replacing it with Harbour Town. At, at that point, you've got to wonder, you know, what's the what, what, why, why bother? Well, you know, N Y C, New York City, N H C, New Harbour Town City. You're just changing one letter. If you're just getting, if it's just H C, 
uh, okay, where are we? You know, but you you, some, you somehow think that NHC represents New Harbour Town City? Yes. Well, what did you make of the the statue itself? I mean, it's uh, it's certainly impressive in in scope. It's very tall. <laughs> that was one of your big impressions. Yes. I couldn't reach the top of it. No, yeah. Well, not with a rock, nor my own hand. Well, that is surely to be expected. I mean, this is a statue, you know, famous for myriad reasons, but none, none less than uh, its scope. It's very tall. You know, most statues, you know, your garden variety statue, and I think garden variety is, is the key words there, most of those statues, you know, they're kind of lifelike size or just slightly above lifelike. Whereas this, it's easily four or five times the size of a, of a human being. Even the yeah. tallest human being wouldn't even come up to the top of the ankles of this statue. Yeah. I'd say at least four or five times bigger. And uh, we sort of latched onto the back end of a, of a tour group mm. uh, and picked up some, some free bits of trivia. And you weren't afraid to chip in with some of your own? Sort no, of. I said, this statue, you couldn't put an upper on in there. And I thought that that would be pretty fun, a little joke, because obviously we have the harp, the opera house yeah. in Sydney, and you know, yeah, and it's sort of iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is as iconic for New York, but you couldn't put an opera on in there. Well, I guess it's you know because different people carry with them their own unique experiences, and so for a lot of the people, they wouldn't have had you know the the knowledge that you the place from which you were making that joke, which is that you were measuring it against Sydney. To them, they're just in New York. Yeah, well, it certainly seemed that way. But it didn't hold you back. You no, know, you no. made the same joke several times. I, You know, if you keep hitting the nail, the joke gets funnier, you know? Um, it's a classic of comedy. You dig, you dig, you dig, you, you mine the gold vein, you mine the gold vein, you mine it out. But you know these guys—they didn't—they just don't get comedy here. Clearly, yeah, they are different people. I mean, these were largely tourists, and uh, while mm. they didn't quite sort of have the same level of hostility as your ordinary, you know, garden variety, to use a phrase of yours, American, uh, they certainly didn't sort of uh, catch on to the the antipathy no. and comic sensibility with the same vim and vigor that we might have hoped. Um, it's it is what it is, guy. You know, you're going out to see a big lady statue. You know, you're gonna have a great time, or you're gonna have a you're gonna have a you can't you have a run of the mill boring day, and that's what they got. I had a great time. Would you recommend this to anyone else who decided to visit New York? Uh, oh yeah, you got to go and see it. I mean, you've never seen a statue this big in your life. Is what I'm kind of that's. I was awed by this. This is truly the time on the trip the most guy where I've just gone, wow, you know, this is a big thing. You didn't really have that with the Empire State Building? No, I mean, it's a big building, guy, you know? Like, I've seen big buildings. If it were, if it would just say, if the Empire State Building... Here's, here's a hypothetical, guy, that I think you'll enjoy. If the Empire State Building was just a house, stay with me, just a house as tall as the Empire State Building, but just the normal dimensions of a house, so maybe two floors, one kitchen, one bathroom couple of bedrooms at the top and a staircase but it was huge you know the, the height of an empire state building 
That would fascinate me. But I've seen buildings before, guy. I've seen skyscrapers. What I haven't seen is a statue this tall. The house you're describing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's two floors. Two floors. So you're talking massive door. Like you couldn't even reach the handle. It'd be so vastly higher than yourself. So all not to scale for a person, but to a, a hypothetical person who would be equivalent size to the house. Yes, and not only giant, but also very thin and narrow. Because you're imagining the the base of the Empire State Building is not very wide, so it would be much taller than it was wide. Mm. So, you know, it'd be very stretchy, a very stretchy building. Like that Far Side comic yeah. with a, where everyone's thin, Far Side light. If it was a domestic house, though, that, you know, they wouldn't be able to get any Zeppelins landing up there. Well, that's the... That's the tragedy. Like, that's what it would have been hard with the design. They would have had to... They probably had to toy with that when they were designing the building. And they, they've opted in for Zeppelins. Because as we discussed before, the world went all in for Zeppelins, guy. And we know which one paid off. Which one? Giant buildings, guy. Giant houses. You don't see any giant houses anywhere. Mm. They're catering to a market that doesn't exist, of very thin, giant people. Guy, how many times have you heard someone come back and say, oh, we went to a city and we saw all of the incredible skyscrapers? You know, maybe one in five times you hear that, you know? But imagine if one of the skyscrapers was a very tall, very narrow house. This is what I've been imagining for the last, you know. Okay, well, you've got it in your mind. You're going to notice that guy. You're going to tell your friends. People are going to go and see it. The first thing you wanted to do when you came here was the Empire State Building. Yes. Yes. Because I wanted to see what man could have achieved. What humanity could have achieved in a building. And it never really reached its full potential. Neither as a Zeppelin landing platform or as a potential outline of a very narrow house. Where the chairs themselves are uncomfortably high. Why, you'd need a grappling hook or a ladder to get to the, the chair. And even when you were there, you'd be sitting with a precipitous fall right beside you, you know. And this is a two-story house you're describing? Two stories, max. The stairs would be ordinary size or they'd be altogether too large to They'd climb. be too large to climb, yeah. They would be not functional for human beings. Who is the house for? All of us, guy. It's a house for the. It's a house for humanity. It's a house for you. It's a house for me. It's a house for you know the the down and his luck. You know, a guy on the street through to, to the the loftiest mayor. You know, it's a it's a it's it's a human house for humanity. Mm. But we you know, we can only imagine. Well, we can, but we've done a pretty good job of that. So uh, we, we had a great time checking out uh, this the Statue of Liberty. You mm-hmm. know, originally a gift to the US from France. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. That uh, That is funny. Why? Well, I've never received a gift from France. So clearly but, there was a point where they were just giving them away. Well, no, I think... I'm not super clear on the particulars, but it would have been something to do with international relations. And as you are just one man, it's unlikely that the I've nation... I've travelled, Guy. I've been to Europe. You've been to Europe? Oh, yes. Yes, I've been to Europe so many times, Guy. If you were to draw it as sort of a mural, it would be vast. The, the in content, I mean, this mural would cover at least one, one whole wall of your house with a th- series of experiences and times... 
if it were smaller, it could well be a postage stamp. Huh. That's how many times I've been to Europe. That's an interesting way of presenting that that idea. Mm. And, uh, well, I hope you don't feel anim- any animosity towards the French for this sort of... It does feel like a snub. Yeah, I, I understand that. But again, I just don't see how they would have known to give you a gift. I mean, you know, you, you had the gift of experiencing their culture. That's true, I guess, isn't it? You're right, guy. You're right. I am being too precious about this. Does it mean has France given you a gift? Oh, it's besides the point. Have they, though? Well, yeah. I mean, they give a lot of people gifts, but you don't need to... So you've been given a gift from France? Yeah, just a, a, uh, just a s- small statue. How small? Oh, well, small relative to the Statue of Liberty, it's pretty small. Well, that could be... I mean, that, everything is small. I mean, Guy, I think we've covered that this is quite a large statue. So everything would be relative to this. If there was a house that, say, spanned two floors, the Statue of Liberty would probably be the exact right height to live in that house. That's how tall the, that's how tall the Statue of Liberty is. That a house that there was the dimensions of the Empire State is this, Building. Would you like to think of the Empire State Building as the Statue of Liberty's home? It's comforting to me. It's nice to know that she's got somewhere to lay her head when she's tired of, you know, welcoming the hungry and the the cold. Yeah, that's a lovely thought. Well, yeah, I mean, anyway, mine's not as big as the Statue of Liberty, so you've got nothing to worry about there. Well, this incenses me, actually, guy. This is exactly what I, f- I do feel snubbed by the nation of France. Wow. Maybe the nation of France uh, would like to be on the receiving end of one of your trademark japes. Well, maybe they will. Certainly, it's gone down a few points on my list of places I'd like to visit. For the second or third time? Yes. Because yeah, as previously described by you, you, you have, have been to France. Never, never been to France. No, I've been to Europe. Never been to France, though. Well, we had quite a meal last night now, didn't we? Mmm, yes, actually, no, that is a good... I almost had forgotten about uh, what, what our little well, meal it, last it, night. It wound up being a French bistro called Lucien, mm-hmm. uh, and we, we ordered the... Uh, I can't remember what it's called. You know, the, the, I mean, the, the way they treat the goose is abhorrent, but, I mean, the, the, the product is delicious. Foie gras. Foie gras, mm. And, uh, I mean, it, it was rich. This, this was a very mm. delicious pate. Mm. And um, a real flavor sensation. Oh, yeah. I, I had uh, an amazing little, uh, I, I want to say, a boulebas, uh, sort of little soup dish. Amazing kind of, uh, you know, rich, creamy soup. Um, absolutely delicious thing to eat yeah and we we paired that with a uh some sort of uh wine from the the bordeaux region exactly uh red it was honestly one of the most delicious and enjoyable meals uh in terms of pure food consumption mm. of, of my um life and uh it, each it, each course was sort of you know well we were sort of we, we we went out on our own a little bit but in some ways we were mirroring the orders of uh you know uh you can't call them quite co-diners but certainly Co-conspirators, I suppose, mm. uh, who were sitting not two tables from us, mm. and you know, I, I feel certainly early we we went by largely undetected. That's right, yeah. Um, and I think we could have got away with it, it wasn't for the laughing. You know, it, that really did. Yeah, give I us. Mean, 
and we, we sort of we, we played played off the the choice of restaurant as a total coincidence and quite convincingly i think so but the the, the laughs certainly did draw undue attention to us mm. um mm. i suppose because we're so inside these jokes and pranks that um you know it's impossible for us not to see all the moving parts whereas a lot of the other people at the restaurant they would have just seen you know uh four couples and no three couples and you know what one one member of the dining party you know in a full body cast full body cast yeah uh and that they wouldn't have seen a lot of funny in that but you know it just goes to show the more information you have the more you can enjoy yes the I, joke. oh absolutely guy i mean comedy really is in the eye of the beholder isn't it and i from the moment i came in and saw mark sort of you know bundled up in that chair as he was you know barely eight, not, not really able to sit um you know but sort of just leant back upon the chair and Desperately trying to enjoy Flanked on either side mm. by June and Murtag. Yes. Um, who, just the faces, the grief, the kind of general, the energy of the room. I just could not stop laughing. I was just <laughs> yeah. having a great time. Yeah, well, and um, I suppose we, we should tell you that the proposal, uh, well, it depends from whose perspective you're talking about it, but I would say it went off without a hitch. Yes, um, from the perspective of the prank, though, that you're coming from. Yeah, 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 certainly. I mean, if I was Mark, I would have been pretty upset by the outcome. And Fiona certainly was. <laughs> well, and understandably so. No one wants to be called, you know, you, you, you get so G'd up for one thing where you think <laughs> that you see the box and you think, oh, my God, it's happening. The love of my life is proposing to yes. me. And uh, to, to instead read a small scrap of paper mm-hmm. on which the words are written, fuck off, bitch. Yeah. That'd be devastating that, that'd for be anyone. That'd be devastating for anyone, especially in the kind of context where Murtag's rigged up a kind of amazing device that allows... And what are the chances they didn't test that once to see whether or not the ring was in there beforehand? I it mean, is funny, isn't a it? A stroke of luck for us. And, for the uh, prank, yes. I mean, I would say if I was to grade the uh, the, the level of you know humor derived from this prank, I would say uh, you and I were probably at the very top of the tree enjoying mm-hmm. it the most. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say who would come next. You know, Mark and Terry didn't seem to see the funny side immediately. And even when we kind of tried to explain it by gesticulating, it's hard to say whether or not they totally came around. Yeah, I would say, like, Michael maybe got a chuckle out of it, but... He stifled it pretty deep. Yeah, he didn't show it on his face or any... any, He didn't give any indication of laughter. Yeah. And, um, I mean, pretty much what we're having is we set up the bill, not just our bill, but their, their, their table's bill as well. I mean, of, of course, it's not our money, so it makes not one jot of difference no. to us, but it was a, a very generous gesture, I thought. And they seem to begrudgingly accept it. And the thing is, you know, there's eight of us there. That's two Ubers. Mm. Yet, the, the you know, all parties traveled back, you know, like the, you know, Mark and his family and... Uh, Fiona and, and and her family and yes. you know we were left to travel just us two and our driver. Um, it's sort of it was kind of frustrating, I guess. Yes. Well, especially you've just you've paid for a very sad family's meal. You know, um, no one's happy. You know, least of all Mark and Fiona. Mark seemed genuinely pretty upset and shaken by it. Um, From what we we could tell. His face was not betraying too much emotion. No, it's well, hard to yes. make out. Yeah, you know, all you can see are the eyes mm. and the lips. Mm. And he's not allowed to cry. Um, the doctor said so. He, I feel like he wanted to, but it's impossible well, yeah, for us to say. Know, yeah, 
you know, all, all that to say that uh, the, the, the cocktails we wound up mixing were not quite as celebratory in tone as we might have hoped. No, they, yeah, they weren't really in the mood to drink cocktails at that time. But we were mixing them up anyway. Mm. I mean, we spent good money on those liqueurs, those mm-hmm. spirits, mm-hmm. those poisons. and uh, Poisons a lot more than you think. You know, just your garden well, variety, cyanide. Yeah. You know, much more expensive. Well, for, yeah, for, for how much those corner stores have, they're not afraid to jack the prices up. And that's the price mm-hmm. of convenience, I guess, isn't it? It's, it shows you what the difference in taxation is, you know, for, a, you know, when we can buy a bottle of vodka for 12 US dollars, but we have to buy, a, you know, a jar of, of cyanide, you know, ostensibly as, as a pest killer for, you know, nearly $80 a bottle. You know, it's a... It's a it kind of makes sense. It's daylight uh, robbery. And so we mixed up some Negronis, some whiskey sours, mm. you know, some dry martinis, all your classics. Yeah. And we mixed them well, guys. Like I have to I can I take this point in the podcast guide, just point out you are you could be a mixologist. I mean the flair, the panache that you brought to each I, drink, I, the signature was you know, Well, was incredible. I, I I thank you. Mm. Um and again, it did sort of feel like not a wasted effort, but I'm glad. I'll just say that I'm glad someone noticed. Yeah, well, you weren't. You certainly weren't getting any compliments from that dour crowd, were you? you know, no, it's you know, some people are hard to please. And uh, anyway, we and ch- especially they weren't making it easy for you with you know Fiona was getting her things packed up and yeah, um, and she, yeah, yeah, and then when obviously when she sort of found a few of the cameras, uh, she became pretty pretty upset. Yes. And Mark, you know. As he is currently in his position, it's sort of... No I mean, to, to put cameras around the place is indefensible in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to defend something that's indefensible when you're you're so limited in your ability to communicate it... Mm. Mm. it uh, I mean, while, while I certainly found it hilarious... Uh, oh, I could... Like, I, we were falling we about, falling about <laughs> yeah. ourselves, yeah. But, um, yeah, you really get the feeling that a lot of this stuff has been wasted on these these sort of... I don't know. Is it is it a different sense of humor? Is that what it is? I feel that. I feel like there's a cultural thing here because the aha moment to me was the moment where Mark, after unveiling the proposal to Fiona, you know, he gets out the ring. He's there. It's empty. You know, she involuntarily slaps him across the face. He falls into Terry and Michael's lap, pouring hot soup all over himself. You know, and he was a mess. I mean, that's the aha moment for me in this prank. Well, it's the, one of, it's the first of many. And when, you know, you're sitting there mixing up a couple of drinks and you've got Mark's parents there sadly dabbing this soup out of his cast to try and stop it from setting in and becoming just a horrible, filthy mess. While that's happening and in the background, Fiona is berating Mark with just a string of abuse and flying the camera... That's that's the denouement of this joke, you know, and no one's getting it, you know. <laughs> set up all these sort of, you know, these fireworks displays of comedy. The cameras, you know, the the uh, the, the clothes swaps, the missing valuables, you know, accusations are flying left, right and centre. Mm. You know, people are sort of aware that we're in the room, but for the first time, I don't know that I felt like I was part of it, but certainly, you know, it was it was nice to be present in these moments of, 
because I feel like they've been talking about us behind our back. So it was mm. really nice to to be there while people are letting letting rip. Oh, to acknowledge that we are ex- that we exist is incredible, you know. And no amount of us trying to you know offer drinks seemed to keep them in check. They were not holding back on what they thought of us. I do wonder whether or not our refusal to take ownership of the pranks and say "gotcha" uh, might have caused part of the confusion and, and frustration because there were accusations flying around the room and it's just a lot of confused people. Yeah. Mark, yeah, he, he confessed to me later as I was sort of pouring a um, heavily laced cocktail into his mouth and he, he couldn't really do much to, to stop me from doing that. And as I was pouring it into his mouth, he confessed to me that he had really, really lost it. I'm sorry, just... This prank is just too enjoyable for me. He confessed to me he'd really lost his faith in humanity. And what I'm saying is that's comedy, guy. You know? <laughs> like that's yeah, well, so you'd think. I just worry that it's a it's a wasted effort. I mean, mm. obviously, you know, um Mark is He's still in the house, and June and Murtagh aren't going anywhere for, well, I suppose the six weeks he'll be in that cast. But um, mm. Mm. Mark and Terry and Fiona, they've, they've, they've scuttled off to a hotel, and thankfully we picked up the booking details because we've uh, wired all of their phones. Uh, so, you know, we, we at least know where they are. We do have eyes on them. So yes, yes. all is not lost just yet, but it, it really feels like we've constructed this incredible sort of Rube Goldberg machine of mm. comedy and mm. um, you know a lot of the the levers and the bells and whistles are working and we've just got an audience who are stunned yeah yeah or even worse oblivious you know yeah I mean the the good news is that um, you know Murtagh and the like they're all I mean as asleep as I've seen anyone I don't know exactly the the, the mix ratio I had on the arsenic and cyanide in those mm. cocktails but I would imagine we could put on a full show in here and they wouldn't wake for 24, 36 hours. So no, that, they're, they're, they're out. That's not for nothing. <laughs> no. And, you know, that's and not a pleasant way to fall asleep either, you know, just... Convulsing. Convulsing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not how I like to do it myself. No, but it's, it is funny. Well, funny's funny. And uh, I suppose... You know, I'm I'm pretty knackered. It's been a big day and there was a big dinner. I'm tired out. That statue really just took it out of me. Why? Wow, you know, you, you try and fit everything in when you visit a city like New York. And, yeah. you know, your step count just, it, it explodes. It's you know. incredible. I've walked more kilometers today than I've walked in the last month. Ah, that will take it out. And you, you don't really account for it. But when you get home at the end of the day, you know, you, you really do feel it. So I'd say an early night for us, mm. a fresh start in the morning. And yeah, let's just hope that we can, you know, we can see this prank kind of have its its hurrah, you know, we can see it it come together. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly there was the threat of legal action on account of the cameras and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of confusion as to who's taken what from who. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I hope someone packed their scuba diving gear because if they want to recover any of those valuables, they're going to have to go for a pretty deep swim. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's... Uh, look, it's... I'm having fun, fun, guy. You're having fun. I'm having, I've, I've never felt so connected to another person in all my life. Yeah, I mean, hopefully... 
I just hope that somewhere in this kind of cultural melting pot that is your your very humble flat, we can we can get a resolution on this. You can you know? find some common ground with our American friends. Yeah. So I guess uh, good night to you, old chap. Yeah, and sleep tight, guy. Um, and I will see you in the morning. 